Welcome to the Her Sports Story podcast, where we share in the stories of former female athletes, connect on the transition out of sport, and create a space where the always an athlete tribe can come for connection and inspiration. I'm your host, Bethany Crouch, founder of the Her Sports Story blog and podcast, and former competitive gymnast of 15 years to an athlete advocate professional. It makes my heart so happy to connect in and share these former female athlete stories. And I am so grateful and excited that you are here to join us. Former athlete women, I have some questions for you. So first, when you transitioned out of sport, did you struggle with finding the best type of eating plan for your new lifestyle? Did you struggle with, you know, maybe body image and exercising after sport? Well, I know I did. And I am so grateful that Brie Collette of the former athlete nutritionist is here today on the podcast. We dive into her sports story. We talk about intuitive eating And we also kind of unpacked some of these athlete beliefs around, you know, diet and food. And this, in all honesty, was extremely reflective for me. However, you know, there is so much in this transition out of sport, as we all know. And it includes these life topics like eating and working out and how we kind of mold that to whatever our goals look like next. And I'm so happy that Bree's here and doing the work that she's doing. And I cannot wait for you to listen in to my conversation with her. Bree, we are so happy you are here on the Her Sports Story podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I know. I gosh, I was trying to think back to when we like initially connected and it was a while ago. I mean, I would say a few months. Yeah. 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 And I mean, since then we've, you know, stayed in contact. Of course, we're supporting one another on Instagram and I just love what you're doing and it's so needed and I can't wait for you to share a little bit about who you are what your sports story is look like and all the cool things you're doing now. But we will start, of course, per usual, with hearing (laughs) a little bit about your sports story. Awesome. So uh, my sport is volleyball. Um, And so I'm Canadian. So up here, we have kind of like Div 1 and Div 2, but it's university and then a college level um, for sports. And so I actually played one year of university volleyball coming out of high school um, in my hometown, which was actually kind of cool, but I didn't get to play lots. So I was a really good stats taker and uh, learned a lot, learned a lot playing with girls at that level. But at the end of the year, we got asked to come back and try out. So essentially, we weren't necessarily going to be on the team. And we'll say that that conversation didn't really go well. Yeah, I <laughs> um, yeah so, and I mean, granted, like, it was fair. Like, I don't know that I was tall enough for my position. And you know what I mean? I was realistic about the fact that I, it was okay to me that I wasn't getting playing time. And 
um, I was trying to be realistic about it. Right. And so when she said those things and like, you know, making sure you're working out over the summer, hinting at like getting in better shape and things like that, I was like, you know what? We had offers coming out of high school to go play college, um, college level volleyball mm -hmm. in a different province. So like, um, kind of across the country. Um, and so I was like, why don't, why don't I look at different options? Because I, at that point I just wanted to play. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cause yeah, like it was great that I got better playing at the university level and we actually scrimmaged against our national team, which was like really wonderful. Like I won't say anything bad about that experience, but mm -hmm. you know, there's something different about being on the bench and then also just playing. Right. So yeah. I knew that if I kind of, went to the college level that I would have way more time on the court and that that would just really make me happy. Right. So, um, I actually have a twin sister and so both of us were in the same boat, um, <laughs> same level of play. And so we both went to a college, um, in Alberta. So a couple of provinces away from where I live and we moved out there and the coach was ready and willing to take us. And so that was kind of lucky, I think, um, kind of meant to be because originally, he only had one spot and could only take one of us. And so he, we were going to get split up and that was going to be a big deal, but um, everything worked out in the end. So yeah, so I ended up playing the rest of my eligibility at the college level and played a ton and got much better and enjoyed my experience living away from home. And I like, yeah, it was absolutely wonderful. I, I'm really happy that I did that. So yeah. Well, I think getting to a level like or that next level whatever it is or whatever it looks like mm -hmm. is such a good way to kind of I would say carry out the rest of your athletic career right as far as the act of like doing the sport I right. would say like both of us for a while I would say stayed involved like with sport and even so now today we're still tied in a different way but as we both know, like that transition out of playing our sport is so tough. So talk about some of the challenges that you faced during this transition. Yeah, for me, it was actually very difficult. So there was a few different things happening for me. Um, I actually ended up staying in that town that I moved to um, and not moving back home because I got a job at the college that I was playing at. So I ended up staying in the exact same place. <laughs> yep. um, and I ended up actually getting, they have this wonderful program in the province that um, I played in. They have a great apprenticeship coach program for females. Mm. So they want to promote female coaches in the province. And I thought it was wonderful. And so they gave me kind of this grant to be part of the program. So helping me pay for, you know, hotel room and travel and things like that to be part of the program and learn how to coach. So I decided to go ahead and do that with the team that I had just played on. And so for me, it was kind of a tough transition personally, because I was now coaching friends of mine. And right. then and then separating that line between coach and friend was really difficult. And it was a small town. <laughs> a college town, right? And so there's not a lot of other things going on. And that was the only world that I knew, right? The only world that I knew was college and volleyball. And all of a sudden I was on the outside looking in, but kind of still involved because I was still at practice all the time and I was still playing um, because I was part of drills or being, you know, just handy at practice, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But I was still on the outside. So for me, it was 
I think a nice step out because it wasn't like cold turkey, zero volleyball, zero connection, leaving all my friends behind. But at the same time, it was difficult in a different way because now I had no social support because I couldn't hang out with them when I wanted to. And I didn't have family there and I found myself very alone. Mm. And Yeah. So that was really, really difficult for me because the support system that I had was my team was my friends, right? Like your teammate, yeah. like that, that's your support system. And then I went from like having them to like seeing them, but not being able to like have them fully. <laughs> yeah. so I would say that that's really the, the most difficult part for me was, yeah, kind of half transition away from volleyball was difficult in a completely different way than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention like other things like career, uh, physical activity, like now all of a sudden it's like, I'm not playing all the time and I can, I don't have to do the workouts they're doing. So now what do I do? (laughs) And like trying to figure that out, like on top of all of that, it was, it was difficult to live away from home and all of a sudden not have a support system. So, um, yeah, I I don't think it was healthy for me at all. Mm -hmm. So for me that turned into, instead of looking outwards at like having releasing things to friends and things like that, I kind of turned more inwards. So I started focusing more on, okay, well, what can I do for myself? Right. Because I no longer could (laughs) hang out with other people. And so that turned into an obsession with, um, exercise. So I started to run more because all of a sudden I could run (laughs) because I wasn't playing volleyball and needing to be in the weight room and things like that. And then, which was great. That was exciting um, until it became obsessive. Yeah. Uh, but then also food became different because now I didn't have to like eat a certain way before or after practice or like feel my body in a certain way. And I felt this like freedom of all of a sudden, like all these foods were available to me that um, I didn't have to like hold back on eating them and things like that. So the freedom and also now all of this time on my own (laughs) and like focusing more on me instead of focusing on like a team aspect was kind of this like perfect equation for developing some unhealthy eating habits and obsessions with food and exercise combined. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think that honestly happens to so many of us where we have been in a structure for so long And once that structure is removed or that environment is removed, our actions and behaviors, of course, change. So I think that it's good that we speak about it and you speak about it, especially like on your Instagram, because it needs to be talked about. One, it's okay. And two, there are ways to like recognize that that is happening and kind of, you know, make a shift, right? I think everyone's on their own journey with that, but I know people like yourself who've gone through this experience, like there's so much there and the layers can be, you know, broken down and probably linked. Like why, why are we making that choice or why does that now feel good? Like that freedom, right? Like Mm -hmm. athletes, man, we had just packed schedules, very regimented all the way around. And then when you get to the other side, you find you kind of, at least for me, I like played with boundaries a little bit or I tested things where I'm like, oh, I could eat this or I don't have to work out for that long. Or, you know, I would also go the direction I think that you kind of went where I would be like, well, if my workout isn't going to leave me, like, I feel like I'm dying, then it's probably not worth it. (laughs) A hundred percent. 
Right? I would like not even go run for half an hour. I yeah. had to at least run for 45 minutes. Like I had these weird rules now oh. that I needed to like work as hard as I did when I was playing volleyball and yet I wasn't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. You get it. So how did you then maybe like start to recognize that and then work through those mm-hmm. types of, you know, behaviors and beliefs really? Right. Um, so for me, it kind of snowballed this obsession into, okay, so I call my first degree, I have a business degree and I I call that my volleyball degree because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was convinced that this was just something I did to like get me through college. Right. I was good at numbers and it just so happened that I got a business degree. Um, but then this obsession with food and exercise got me more interested in nutrition and health. Mm -hmm. And I decided to make a career change. So like a lot of dietitians actually, um, their interest in going into nutrition is pretty selfish, right? Like I want to learn more. I want to know how to fuel my body and I want to know how to, you know, be the healthiest version of me, right? So I'll be 100% honest. It was probably selfish. Although in, in the beginning I thought, no, I just want to help people. But like, I think it really did stem from the obsession that I had kind of gone through in, in that year and two year or two in between, um, going to school. Um, so for me, it really went into my career, right? So even, even throughout my entire university degree, I was still obsessed with food. I was learning about it every day and I was learning, you know, the, rules and science between uh, between food and how it affects your body and that just kind of made things not worse but kind of snowball right so things just Mm. kind of progressed the more I learned the more rules I had and the more I felt like I needed to control what I was doing because we also feel pressure as dietitians to look a certain way so which is similar to athletes right right yeah you feel a pressure of like when I'm out with my friends I probably shouldn't be eating pizza or when I'm playing volleyball I should probably look good in my spandex or whatever it is right like there's similar pressures in different areas and I was feeling it both on the physical athletic side and then also now in my career. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, so it became a little bit of a culmination of really trying to control my food intake to look the part of the athlete and then look the part of the dietitian. And like now I had double the reason to control my food and to be obsessed about it and things like that. Right. So for me, it really snowballed throughout my entire nutrition career. What's interesting is that I actually read the intuitive eating book prior to doing my nutrition degree at all. And I, it just didn't really stick with me. And I really truly believe that I wasn't ready for it at the time because I was, my priorities were elsewhere, right? Like my consumption of, um, wanting to change my body was too strong at that point. I didn't really feel like I needed to listen to my body because I had this freedom, right? Like it was just not at the right time. Um, And so for me, my transition out of that was to a point where, like you said, you exercise so hard that like makes you feel like an athlete. I got to a point where I actually hurt myself. So about over a year ago now, I had a lower back injury and I, could barely stand and I couldn't exercise anymore. And I hadn't remembered the first time, like I hadn't remembered the last time I didn't exercise for an entire month, like Mm -hmm. since I was 10 or something like that. Right. Like I'd been playing sports for so long and I had been so active after volleyball that I was like, wow, when is the last time I was this inactive? And I, it really scared me. So I think I got scared (laughs) into Mm -hmm. trying to listen to my body because I said, man, I can't keep this up. I can't, keep pushing myself past these limits of like 
feeling like I'm this 21 year old volleyball player athlete, competitive athlete. Like I can't keep that up forever. And I can't keep exercising in order to control my food intake. Mm. So for me, it was the over exercising because I didn't have a healthy relationship with food and I was still, you know, eating foods I felt I shouldn't be eating. So I was still trying to exercise to remedy that. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, man, if I can't keep this up physically, I can't keep this up with my nutrition because it's really not like, it's just not going to work. I have to figure out how to listen to my fullness. I have to figure out how to not be obsessed over the food at a dinner party because I can't stand being in a room with food without like eating it all. Right. Like there was these issues that I was like, wow, like, hello. Like, I don't know why this like huge, I mean, everybody has that moment of like, I can't Mm -hmm. do this anymore. Right. And so that was my kind of moment of clarity that I'm like, there, there needs to be another way. And then I remembered my intuitive eating book and I said, okay, well, sounds like round two is about right to start now. So that's kind of how it all started. (laughs) There's so much value, unfortunately, and fortunately in in hitting an experience like that. right? Right. And making the shift and be like, okay, this is, this is going to be different. I'm going to listen to my body or, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So I love the concept of intuitive eating. And to this day, I don't even know where I first heard it either, but I attempt to live by it. And for the most part, it has been pretty successful, I would say. And I really enjoy intuitive eating because of like the grace that it gives you Mm. and you know, that balance and like the empowerment of your own decision and what your body is feeling or what does it really want or which direction is it really gravitating to. So Mm. I would love to hear about how you now help former athletes with this transition in their nutrition in life beyond sport. And I know intuitive eating is of course a part of that. So explain a little bit about what you do. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I help former female athletes kind of transition into life that is more intuitive. So AKA listening to your body more because as competitive athletes, we're used to being hungry all the time. (laughs) And I talk to a lot of athletes that are like, man, I could eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted because I was so active. And so it's hard going from a place of being hungry all the time and eating whatever you want to now not knowing what your internal cues are, not knowing what like full and hungry, how that shifts every day because you were just used to hungry (laughs) all the time, right? So how do you get to know your body and it shifts in days off and rest days and vacations and things that you didn't do before, right? How do you, you know, a lot of people will say, I just want to learn how to eat like a normal person, Mm -hmm. right? Like how do I go and enjoy food, you know, with my friends without being like, oh, like, in the back of your head, coach said I couldn't have pizza, right? And now you're feeling bad about eating pizza, even though you're like, I don't know, 28, and you haven't (laughs) had to live by those rules in a long time, right? Like, that's how I felt. And those things stick with you, right? The things that people say about food and the rules that you have when you're an athlete stick with you. So how do we break that down into something that's more manageable now that can support your life as an athlete now, Mm -hmm. right? And or, or not as an athlete now. It doesn't necessarily mean like former athletes can be people that still play. Like for me, I still play and, I, and I'm participating in my sport, but there's some people that aren't, right? And that's okay too. But how do you support the life that you have now? 
Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot that can go into that, but essentially the goal is that I just don't want former athletes to worry about food anymore because it's most of the time people have gone from being an athlete to having a period of time where they don't know what they're doing with food. And then it becomes obsessive and this big burden on their shoulders that they're like, I don't like, I just don't know how to eat anymore. And I just don't want it to be a burden on them anymore. So that's kind of the goal, right? So it shouldn't be a chore. And like, there's more to life than just constantly worrying about what you're eating. And so the goal is really to just kind of lift that, that weight off your shoulders and, and get this balanced way of eating without all of the negative psychological guilt and shame and, and things like that. So. Wow. And in that, as we definitely know, like it's very much rooted. It's rooted in our athletic experiences and how we were trained. And there's, it's a really, I would say a, probably a process of unpacking all of that. Right. And realizing like, Oh, that belief's done from here, but I can change that belief. So Mm -hmm. When you're, you know, let's say working with uh, a client, what are maybe like some of those initial steps to start like recognizing the, the cues or those old beliefs that they have around food? Mm-hmm. I think that journaling, as much as some people hate it, <laughs> is massively important mm-hmm. when you're doing something that is really mindset work, right? Yeah. So intuitive eating is, is, is the psychological aspect to food. So as much as I can say, Hey, go eat this and that, um, without really knowing what's going on in your head, it's difficult to kind of unpack everything, like you said. So I think journaling food thoughts that come up when you are eating foods that you're uncomfortable around or situations that you're uncomfortable around, even just reflecting on your dieting history, right? So some people will say, well, I did this, I did this diet for this amount of time. And I did this for this amount of time, or my, I had a meal plan for my coach, like even just writing those things down and then thinking about the results or what happened from doing that. Right. So you can kind of rehash those things. And that brings up a lot of memories and a lot of rules that you probably didn't even realize you learned. Mm -hmm. Um, because you don't necessarily have to have a title like to your diet, right? Like you don't have to be someone who did weight watchers to have some of these issues. Um, it, it can just be that all of a sudden you decided to cut out just milk, like not even other dairy, just milk. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily have to be like the keto diet or the Weight Watchers program. It can be restriction in another way. So kind of looking at where all of a sudden foods that you liked dropped off the list of foods that you could eat is kind of an interesting exercise because a lot of the time they don't even realize that they did that. And it's not necessarily something that was prescribed to them. Mm. Right. So that, that helps bring up a lot of things too. So a lot of different ways to dive into where all these things come from. But, um, some of those things are, are are things that I try to help them with. So cool. (laughs) Now, you know, of course you get to help former female athletes kind of through this transition, but what are some of your dreams around this and what you want it to become? Yeah. Um, I mean, first of all, just letting, I think just spreading the message that the psychological part of our relationship to food is more important than people realize. And it's interesting because not everybody is ready to hear that or to, to accept that message or to receive it. Um, but the people who have, and who have kind of switched 
the, the script, they've been like, wow, like blown away. Like people are literally blown away at their relation, like how working on their relationship with food changes their life. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have people who will say my, like my social life has completely changed. Right. So it's not just really about the food. It's truly about the rest of your life and how that impacts your life because people can go out to eat with their friends and have a drink and not worry about it. Or they can like go to Starbucks and order a Frappuccino and not worry about the fact that they're drinking their calories or something like that, Mm -hmm. that they couldn't do before. Um, It's going to family dinners and not bringing prepackaged food and getting asked all these weird questions. Right. So for me, the big picture is, is not just like spreading the message, but it's also just helping people live the life that they want to live without this. like, dark shadow over them right because people don't realize that there's a dark shadow over them that's just this like mindset psychological thing with food and so (laughs) it's hard to paint the picture but and and I know that it's not for everyone Mm -hmm. but a lot of people once they realize that this is sitting on their shoulders it's just like it affects the rest of their life so really I truly want people to enjoy their social life enjoy their family life you know, enjoy their, their home life, right? How they can interact with their future children. Like that Mm -hmm. was one of the big reasons for me is that I don't want to pass on some of these things to my kids. I want Mm -hmm. my kids to learn how to remember their innate cues and, you know, because they're born with that. They're born with remembering, knowing how much to eat and regulating their intake. And so to me, the bigger picture is much more than just eating food. It's how it affects your life down the road. Um, as far as like my other goals and dreams, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I just, I mean, I know that I focus a lot on former athletes, but I hope that it's something that is also implemented with current athletes, right? Like yes. being able to have a healthy relationship with food and because there's a fine line between eating disorders and, you know, eating to compete. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of athletes struggle with that. And so if I can help athletes, during their training as well I think that that would be great um because I think that that's also something that's very difficult to tread oh yes especially at like a young age it's so funny you brought up uh, frappuccino and like instantly like gymnastics (laughs) memory came back where I had a gymnastics coach and I think we were it was like after a competition all of us like girls had finished and we went to Starbucks because there was a Starbucks in the hotel by the ballroom that we were competing at or something like that. And he was like, look at a, like, look at those empty calories that you have. And we're like, what? And we're 12 or 13. I don't know. We're, you know, in that, that teen-ish, preteen kind of stage. And like, I remember that for the rest of like, gosh, 16 years later, (laughs) it's it's Mm -hmm. like instant. And to this day, I don't really order frappuccinos. Like, so weird, right? So Mm -hmm. just uncovering little things like that. And not that it's necessarily bad, but there is feeling around that. When, like, I pull up to Starbucks and I see a frappuccino, I'm like, uh, no, right? Like, that's not (laughs) part of what I usually get. So, so interesting. Thought I would bring that up because it's clear that we all have something, no matter what it looks like. And yes, if you are able to work with current athletes through this understanding, oh gosh, it would be so great to start building the foundation a little, you know, a little sooner mm-hmm. so that, you know, us on the other side are like, oh yeah, you know, wish, wish I would have done that. 
or, you know, or looked at food in that way. So I am so excited to see everything that you're going to do with it. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And before we kind of like wrap up with the traditional Her Sports Story final question, where can people find you and follow you? So Instagram is my main platform of choice. And so my handle is former.athlete.nutritionist. So you can find me there, although I do typically change my handle pretty often. Um, And then my website is just briannecolletnutrition.com. So you can find out more about me on there. Great. And I'll put those both in the show notes as well. Sure. All right, so the last question, of course, revolves around, for me, one of my dreams is having an event where former athletes can come who have just, like, you know, left their sport, and they are basically in that transition time where, like, I have no idea what I'm doing, I don't know what up from down is, I'm supposed to be an adult or try a career, yet something feels like it's missing from my soul because I just said goodbye to my sport. Mm. So what advice would you give these athletes? Um, I think I would say to sit on it, first of all. I think what I felt like that I needed to find an answer right away, right? I felt so much pressure to feel like I had my life on track and that I should be doing something else like right away. And, And I think that having that kind of pressure kind of clouds your judgment or like makes it harder for you to come to the right conclusion of like what to do with your career or where to live and all those kinds of things. Right. So first of all, I think that giving yourself, like you said, some grace about, you know, you don't have to have things figured out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, and giving yourself some time to figure that out is really great because it just, it won't, I mean, some people it comes to them right away, but for me, I know for sure did not come to me right away. I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. When people ask me that question, I had I literally can't tell you what I used to say when I was a kid because I have no idea, (laughs) right? Like I'm your typical, no idea what I'm doing in college type of person. Um, And so, yeah, so first of all, I would say, you know, take some time, take the pressure off of it. Um, You don't have to have it figured out yesterday. Um, And I would also say, you're trying to think of ideas. What do people come to you and ask you about? Or like, what lights you up, right? What, What do people know you about, like being really passionate about? Because I think, I mean, for me, obviously it was nutrition because I had slowly kind of become obsessed with it, but that's what also people came to me and asked me about. And so, and it lit me up. Like I was so passionate about it and it could be lit up in a few different ways. It could be happy and energetic, or it could be really like, you really feel strongly about a certain side of things. And so paying attention to the topics that really light you up, I think will help you kind of at least have an idea of different options and different areas that you can go in and that whichever one you decide, you can definitely do. So. Such good advice. (laughs) Thank you again for taking the time to hang out with us today. I know that there's so much amazing coming down the road for you. And I'm so happy that you are a part of this community. So thanks so much. It was so fun and so informative and for me, reflective getting to talk with you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me and letting me talk about myself. (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) hopefully there's a message out there that resonates with a few people. And I love what you're doing and 
what you're trying to do for people. It's absolutely fantastic. And I am here for that for sure. So thank you so much for letting me be part of it.